0: Hello friends. It's that time again. It's time to find your balls. Welcome to the man-made podcast. Good guys who drink and cuss a little. My name is Jeff Stuckey. You know me better as shaman sitting in the position of shotgun as always because I have a propensity to wreck things. (laughs) So the driver's seat belongs to... Greg Allen, as always, the rocket man. Greg, right. how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I want to welcome our listeners
1: and um, introduce the topic. In one way, I am eager to discuss it. <laughs>
0: in one way, you're eager.
1: Yes. In another way, I just want to crush the whole idea of it. So wow. I, I wanted to get your perspective. Can you do
0: that? Can you crush with eagerness or does that require a different emotional, oh, you got to be like some Fucking visceral rage to crush, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I might have used the wrong word. I like to crush like verbally and intellectually. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, like, like a uh,
0: surgeon with a scalpel. Exactly.
1: Right. Just as much damage. You there know? we go. Yeah. So we want to talk about this idea of work life balance. The answer to whatever questions that brings up is where we want to land. But the problem I have to begin with is I don't even understand that notion what are we trying to balance? Is, is is there like life and work that fight against each other When we're not working, we're living, and when we're not living, we're working? I, I don't know. <clears throat> so I don't understand that balance idea. I'm just curious, how do we come up with a whole balance of life, if you will, and, and where does work or play or relationships, things like that fit into it? It seems like we do have a problem that, we'll call work-life balance, that men have that. So tell me about that.
0: Well, it seems like we ought to call those people that emphasize to men that they should have a work-life balance and ask them, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Like, uh, I got bills to pay. I got uh, these kids, man, they're fucking expensive. Uh, And so exactly how am I supposed to put my life into balance when in the words of cage the elephant, there ain't no rest for the wicked. I got <laughs> right. fucking bills to pay, man. Right, I got right. mouths to feed. How am I supposed to have this work-life balance? Yeah. And you can't pull back on all those
1: expectations that people have on you and say, well, I'm going to work less. So you can, you know, the person that's demanding things from me can live less. It's like, that's not going to work.
0: <laughs> Go to your boss <laughs> And uh, tell them that your life coach said you need to achieve greater work-life balance. (laughs) And uh, please report back your findings because we would be incredibly interested in that. Yeah. And
1: on Facebook, people can find us at Becoming Man-Made Today. Get on there. Give us your feedback to anything on the podcast.
0: Or we can spare you that humiliation and just tell you there's no such thing as work-life balance.
1: Okay. That's a good starting point. I like Uh, it so far.
0: Work dictates work and life dictates life. And I think it's, it's interesting. One of the number one causes of insomnia is fear of having insomnia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I'm not going to go to sleep
0: tonight. Oh my God. Am I having that (laughs) fucking insomnia thing? Like what, what do I, Oh my God. And like, so if if, if we didn't have the category of insomnia, (laughs) I would just lay there until I fell asleep. Uh, And so work-life balance seems to be that same sort of notion. Like we all act like we know what we're talking about. (laughs) Oh yeah. Shit, man. How's your work-life balance? Mine's just a, oh, I don't, it's, what, whatever, mm. like, what are you mm. talking about? Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Like I don't own a fucking vineyard and like, I just get to like go hang out with my wife and kids whenever I want. Right, so right. while you're figuring out your work-life balance, I'm going to go to work. <laughs> and, and I think the solution to that one is crushing, mm-hmm. which I, I believe you did. You adequately crushed that is more the idea of being present. And this is a this is a very common eastern idea, more mystic if you will, that the best experience, the most effective that I can be is being present, being in the moment that I'm in. Yeah. So if I'm at work, right, and I'm working on a work project or a task or something, how do I maximize my efficiency while working on that task, worrying about the fact that I need to hurry up and pull emotional and mental resources away from that task or by being totally present? Mm-hmm. And the same thing when I'm with my wife, when I'm spending time with my kids, it's that same notion. Mm -hmm. How is this time going to be most effective? It's going to be most effective if I'm fully present. I'm not worrying about other things. I'm not distracted about the things that I didn't get done at work. And this is where we as men struggle, right? Because mm-hmm. it's our, it's number four on our psychological conflicts. When we're at work, we're worried about not being present at home enough and vice versa. So it it's much like that notion of laying in bed, worrying about not being able to fall asleep. Yeah. If I would rid my mind of that and just relax, mm-hmm oh my God, I can't fall asleep. What am I going to fucking do? I can't fall asleep. What should I do? I'm just going to relax. Then I'll drift off into sleep. And so the ultimate solution for us in terms of the work-life balance is seeing it as nonsense. I mean, if you're working 80 hours a week and you don't need to be, then you're not who we're talking to. But for the majority of people, it's understanding that those things kind of balance themselves, and I can be fully present in whatever it is that I'm engaged in. Yeah.
1: And it seemed like where I find that men have trouble is being present at home. You know, the the rules are different there. The dynamic is different. And it's not as easy for a guy. So to be totally present and, and there for his wife, there for his kids based on their needs, which... May or may not flare up that day, <laughs> but to be totally present in that is what we probably most need to work on.
0: Yes, and that's a difficult, very difficult because yeah. we tend to be task oriented. We yeah, tend to like yeah. to check the box. Yeah, you know, then when it comes to participating in the family, again, we're already restricted because we're avoiding feelings of vulnerable emotion, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So then oftentimes, the engagement in family or the engagement with my children is exposure to their vulnerable emotions and then not trying to quote unquote fix those feelings, but just yeah. being present in those Yeah, and then not being consumed by what I didn't get done at work today or what I need to get done tomorrow is where the real challenge. Oh is. yeah. And it, the needs that are going to pop up with your children and probably your
1: spouse are not something all the time that they're just going to hand you and say, I need this, you know, fix this for me or do this for me or, or give me $10. <laughs> uh, that happens, of course. But, I mean, the needs are only going to surface when they know you're present. And, gosh, I could, that could just be detrimental to be thinking about what you needed to do at work.
0: Yeah, because too much of our identity is our work, you know, our career or whatever that is. So, so much of our identity, so much of, uh, you know, if if we think about our previous podcast, The Illusion of Self, so much of that self is constructed by our, what we do vocationally. I mean, Mm -hmm. we went to school, we got an education, we the purpose of getting an education is to go off and get a job and do better than our parents did. You know, all of this. So it's like so much of our identity. So then to focus on something else, it becomes almost an impossible task. Yeah. Well, you know, uh,
1: that reminds me when my wife and I first got married and we meet other couples and stuff and people would say, well, uh, who are you? Or what are you? Or something like that. And uh, my wife would always cringe when I'd get asked that, because my answer was always, what I do is not who I am, but who I am has a big impact on what I do. And... You literally
0: would fucking say that? Oh, absolutely. And I thought it was the right thing to do. That's one of the greatest things I've ever heard. You need to <laughs> slow... Okay, slow that thing. Play, play that thing at slow speed. Give me that thing again. Okay. What I do is not who I am, but who
1: I am has a big impact on what I do. <laughs>
0: so, but here... <laughs> I have to see you do this to someone. Oh, well, I've kind of Did they got, just leave or like what would happen?
1: Well, there's usually silence and my wife would say, uh, he's an engineer. Oh. And then they would say, yeah, okay, that figures. <laughs> so, you know, which really messed things up when I've switched careers twice since then. when well, now I'm actually back
0: in the engineering world. Oh, so she's safe again. Okay, now she can use that.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that doesn't work in social settings, but... I needed to say it to myself, and that that just kind of informs how I'm going to deal with every situation that comes up, who I am, because the engineer part doesn't deal well with most of life part. (laughs) Life, I thought it would work under certain situations, uh, follow equations and things. It just doesn't, so uh, I knew the engineering part wasn't working, so I, I had a way of understanding more of my identity, my core values, and that's what's—that's who I am. Now, again, in social settings, you try to explain all that, and people say, "Well, so where do you work?" You know, they just figure, "Let's get you an easier
0: yeah, question." Let's circumvent this thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll close in the question. This thing. Where the fuck do you work? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, where I work doesn't define me. <laughs> this was a struggle for me uh, early on when I was in grad school, and I was raised on the west side of Evansville, which is not your, let's just say they did not cultivate those vulnerable emotions. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I essentially came from a, because I said so, I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah. You know, kind of that, which was probably very normative. I mean, I'm 50 years old now. So, you know, people around our age, that's probably more common than uncommon. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember having a real crisis when I was in grad school because I start learning all these things about lifespan development, early childhood development, the development of the person, all of those kinds of things. And I remember there were so many moments in time where I was – I just – these clear conflicts. And I remember Mm -hmm. I had such such an incredible amount of respect for my – clinical supervisor, we were talking about parenting and one of, one of the, one of his favorite things to say to me was, Jeffrey, freedom is reality. Control is an illusion. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that even means. Like, what are you talking, but I couldn't say that, right? Because I needed, I mean, and he just, Jeffrey, freedom is reality. Control is an illusion. And I genuinely believed that I had control over everything. Uh Uh-huh. I've, and I certainly believed that I had control over my kids, yeah, um, tragically, I did to a degree <laughs> yeah. because I was a tyrant, uh-huh. because I was a because I said so because yeah. you know if you want something to cry about, if you I would count my kids down and do shit like oh my God, just mm. like wow. <laughs> Uh, We even taught our kids sign language. That's how fucking insecure (laughs) we were as parents. Like we have to so overcompensate for our capacity, for our lack of a capacity to parent, that our kids have to be at preschool doing fucking sign language. Yeah, (laughs) that's a high level of insecure. And so learning to be present at home Mm -hmm. was debilitating almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just so difficult. yeah to finally learn how to do that because we're just we don't we're not given the tools. Mm-hmm. And we approach our family, we approach our relationships with our children, those kinds of things, typically much the same way that we would approach a task at work. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it's like get your fucking homework done or what the you know it. Yeah. But it's not that being present uh, and so, for many of us, it is—it's just a—it's a profound skills deficit. Yeah, yeah. So, how does
1: the um, the idea of the success, power, and achievement conflict in men? How does that play into their issues with work and that being a, a dominant kind of
0: factor? Well, I think it's because we feel like we have to constantly be pursuing that. Mm-hmm. So, if we achieve a goal, right, mm-hmm. and Once we achieve a goal, what's the very next thing we do? Yeah, we set another one. Set a new goal, (laughs) right? So we get on this treadmill that's just constantly speeding up. We don't ever get to say, like, eh, that's good. That's plenty of money. That's enough time at work. That's enough responsibility. You know, it's like we always have to be like, Well, golly gee, yes, I'm going to go for this or I'm going to go for that. Whatever it is, whether it's, you know, sales, you're increasing your sales or you're climbing some kind of ladder or whatever it is, there's never a stop where you finally get to say, this is good. Mm -hmm. I'm good right right here Right? because we just don't have any other orientation to reality. Mm -hmm. And then we obviously project that on our kids where we're putting this pressure on them to be fucking all-star in the uh, three-year-old baseball league <laughs> yeah. or the honor student or whatever. And it's like we we just, because we lack any other way to relate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, if a guy were to look for steps to improve this whole notion of, we'll call it balance, but I don't know what's a good name for it. So it seems like what he needs to do is focus on being present. And if he's present at work, then those things are going to work themselves out. And my, my hope is if he's present at home, not only will that make the, the home life better, but it might make him um, be more greedy with his priorities. So understand him better and say, this is my priorities. So I'm only going to let things interfere with my uh, time with my kids or my wife or the extent to which I can contribute into their lives. Something's got to fight to interfere with that. And so, if it's work, yeah, I'll give that 20, 40 hours a week, whatever it takes, not 60 or 80.
0: Right. Unless, they, and for some people, that is what it requires. Yeah. But I think yeah. we have to get out of the notion that there is some sort of magical balance. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not, you know, the workaholic that's putting in 80 hours a week, whatever, those kinds of things. Yeah. We're not, that's not who we're talking to. You know, right. who we're talking to right now are the guys that, genuinely feel the conflict, okay? that genuinely feel like if I don't work this overtime or if I don't achieve this goal or whatever, you know, this sales goal, whatever, like my family's going to suffer, whatever that is, feeling like he can't have as quality of life by being present Mm -hmm. because he can. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So we, we acknowledge that there's even a season a person may need to work more for maybe some catastrophe (laughs) happened in their life or something that just requires extra work, but in the normal state of equilibrium, a guy could just focus more on being present at both of those places. And especially at home, because that's where it's, it's difficult to be there. It's difficult to be what other people need you to
0: be. And there's, and here's a, here's a a couple of like ways that you can practice that. Okay. Mm -hmm. For men to practice being more present at home because that's where we struggle more. 1A is mm-hmm. meditate. John Kabat-Zinn is the guru of meditation. Please try some meditation. Meditation is activating your brain so that you can be present. It's mm-hmm. not voodoo, it's not spiritual, it's not anything else. It's just activating your your rational brain the prefrontal cortex. So you can be actively engaged in the moment that you're in. Meditation is the greatest short, that's what meditation does. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a form of communicational meditation, when you're having a conversation with your wife and you feel yourself starting to react to her emotionally, either she's pissing me off (laughs) And now I just want her to shut up so I can say something defensively. Yeah. Or you're starting to feel that shame sense where you feel like you need to say, I'm sorry, I'll I'll try harder. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to get rid of both of those. Yeah. And so when you feel yourself starting to react emotionally, say to your wife, can I tell you what I've heard you say? And then say back, this is what I've heard you say. Is that what you're wanting me to hear? And the success in that exercise, and it's profoundly successful, is if I can change that, okay, because most guys don't have another tool to use. They just react. Yeah, yeah. In one of those two, like, well, here's why you're wrong or I'm sorry, I'll try harder. But if I'm listening, right, and I'm engaged and I, I'm i I'm setting the challenge of myself to be able to say back to you what I've heard you say, that I'm focused on the words that you're saying, uh-huh. and I'm not getting lost in my emotional response. Honey, can I tell you what I've heard you say? Blah, 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 blah. Is that what you wanted me to hear? Now, the wording is important. Don't say, so you said this. <laughs> Because that's an invitation to a power struggle. I'll tell you how that conversation is going to go. She's going to say, no, I didn't. And you're going to say, yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. And then let me, don't do that. Okay. (laughs) The wording is critically important. Can I tell you what I heard? I can't argue that with you. You Mm -hmm. didn't hear that, Greg. What do you (laughs) have? Fucking idiot. There's no, it's, this is what I heard. Is that what you want me to hear? Yeah. If she says, no, fucking idiot, that's not what I wanted you to hear. And that's the problem with our relationship is you don't ever fucking listen to me. Okay. Don't take the bait (laughs) and just say, what is it you want me to hear? Yeah. So that's with wife, with kids. And this was a tough one for me to learn. If I... If little Johnny, little five-year-old Johnny brings me a picture and I look at his picture and he says, Daddy, what do you think of the picture? And I say, that's shit, dude. Is that, (laughs) what, that's awful. Is that validating or invalidating? That sounds invalidating. Okay. (laughs) So Johnny comes with another picture and he's like, Daddy, Daddy. Look at my picture, and I say, Johnny, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. Validating or invalidating? I'm going to take the bait. That sounds validating. That's wrong. Oh, great. I knew it. (laughs) Because there's no difference, right? Mm -hmm. I'm imposing my perspective on his work. Right, right. Now, in one, it just happens to be I'm imposing my positive perspective the other negative. Mm-hmm. It's validating when I say, Johnny, tell me about your picture. And then he starts to tell me about his drawing. Yeah. And then I say to him, so are you happy with it? Do you think you can do better? Or are you really pleased with what you've done? And I let him validate his experience. Mm-hmm. Now, that fucked me up, man. Because <laughs> when, I, when I started, like, I'm like, This is bullshit. Like, I'll tell little Johnny if his picture is any good or not (laughs) because he's fucking five years old and he doesn't know if that's a piece of shit or not. But if I tell him it's great and then he just puts down pen and paper and he doesn't try anymore. Yeah. And it's like if we can resist that quality control aspect of ourselves Mm -hmm. and be interested. Yeah, yeah whether it's something tangible and concrete like that, Mm -hmm. or a behavior. Yeah. Ah, so you did that. Fucking idiot. Can't say that. (laughs) Did that get the results that you wanted? Is that how you thought that was going to go? Yeah. If you could do it differently, how would you do it differently? And I'm telling you, I don't know for you, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty high on openness, Mm Learning to interact with my children that way was two things. One, damn near impossible. (laughs) It's probably why I started drinking and cussing a little. (laughs) And two, completely transformed our relationship. Yeah, yeah. To where we truly became allies, Mm -hmm. where they knew that I was for them Mm -hmm. in whatever it was. Yeah, And whatever it was, we were going to process it together. Yeah. And we were going to figure it out. And that made parenting exhilarating. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And so those are two concrete ways that we as men can start to be present with our spouse, with our children. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that has a, a compounding effect because.
1: You may not know how to be present, but if you ask those questions, like you said, then you're
0: all of a sudden more present with what's going on, you know? And I'm using my rational brain rather than reacting yeah. to everything. Yeah. And so that's what's so effective about this. And I, I, it, it literally transformed mm-hmm. Because when I say that I was a tyrant to my kids when they were very young, that's not an overstatement. I would mm-hmm. like to say that—that that, just kidding, <laughs> yeah. Greg. So our listeners feel better. That's <laughs> not—I mean, yeah. it was. And then to have—and I don't know how to say it differently than this—but to feel that sense that we were allies and yeah. we were doing this together, and we both trusted that process. It just—I mean—I have an amazing relationship with my children that I'm incredibly proud of. Yeah, that's awesome. And actually,
1: you were helpful when I was raising my teenage girls. <laughs> I remember uh, talking to you. We brought the uh, the one of them. In. I'll just say one of them. <laughs> we brought we brought one of them in, and uh, after talking for a while, you you pointed out like, "Greg, no, she is being the teenager. She's doing her part." What you're doing as a parent, I don't get that, <laughs> Greg. Greg and Mary, <laughs> you're the ones that aren't playing good parents. She's playing a great
0: teenager, <laughs> and I, yeah. What's the what's the definition of a teenager? Do every stupid fucking thing yeah. there is to do. <laughs> That's their job, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not much different than when we were teenagers, right? right, right? That hasn't changed. <laughs> right, no, no. The job description is constant, man. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. So. I was able to get involved
1: in her life by asking those types of questions. Like, I see that you're going this route. How do you think that's going to work for you? And that, that sounded different, you know, with the sure. with girls and stuff. But um, that, that seemed to just draw us closer. And the main thing that I had to learn to do was not show a reaction. If they would come home and say, I did this. It's like, okay, well, tell me how that's going to play out. Rather than say, wow, that is stupid, you know, which – I was thinking it, but I'm thinking somewhere in your mind you had an
0: idea that this ended in a better result, so walk
1: me through that right. You know?
0: right. and when we begin that at a very early age and we start to create that cooperation, it's uh, it is profound. yeah, yeah, so how
1: do we do? Do we crush it? I think we did. I think we just dismissed the idea that a guy ought to put his effort into balancing two things like that.
0: It's like, just forget it. And again, if we're wrong, please tell us. But yeah. uh, you know, I think it's like insomnia. We want you to buy our sleep medication, so we're <laughs> creating a conflict for you. So you have okay. to come to our uh, weekend seminar.
1: <laughs> so, But at least if, if a guy could realize you know, I'm gonna be at work when I'm at work. I'm gonna be at home when I'm there. And I'm gonna do everything I can to be present in the relationships that are important to me. And you've given us some great tools to do that because before you mentioned that, I'd still be wondering, how do I be present? I'd be forcing
0: that. But a few simple questions that allow you to get engaged, you know, to the other person. Simple's Is it, not, yeah, simple's not always easy, but they are simple and with the effort will make a profound difference. Yeah. Um, and as always, Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. How can they do that? Uh, becoming man made today. And if you have more questions, you want to go in more depth on any of these topics, uh, this topic specifically, any others, uh, you can find us there. We want to give you the tools that you need to be successful, but nothing in the world is free. (laughs) So if you have not subscribed to the podcast and if you have not given us a five-star rating don't even fucking think about looking us up on facebook (laughs) the first step always in finding your balls and being man-made is hitting that like button and giving us those five stars all right my friend until next time all right thanks for keeping it on the road all right thank you shaman all right